0: Okay, here we are again. We are Kevin and Tony. Good to be back, Kev. Staffing and recruiting the real life. We're here to tell the real story about what happens, all the things that some people just don't really want to talk about. No, it's we keep it. it real here. Yeah, we keep it real. We got to talk about
1: all of the stuff that we just really need to talk about. We got to get it out there. Right. We, we got to get, get what out there, what everybody else is feeling and saying and doing And hearing and let them know that they're not the only ones. We're right with them with their frustrations and hopefully through our voice, through our podcast, uh, they can learn something along the way uh, from our experiences and and we also welcome uh, feedback.
0: Yes, our social media outlets. We have those. Follow us on LinkedIn and Instagram. And so here we are today, our second episode, we are going to talk about something that's very passionate to us, something that we feel is a major hurdle in many companies in this industry. Including mine. Something that is vital to the success of the business. And what we are going to discuss here is the new sales guy,
1: to be or not to be. or not to be. Of course, that's the famous Mel Brooks in the movie, to be or not to be. Uh, We love Mel Brooks. We love Mel Brooks, big fan of Mel Brooks. Of course, we don't want to overlook Blazing Saddles, some of my (laughs) favorite uh, movies, but that's for another day. But uh, to be or not to be uh, when it comes to recognizing, identifying the right salesperson. Yep,
0: and that's where we're going to start, right? So we are going to discuss, you know, every company at some point is looking to hire to their sales team. There's always turnover. There's always the guys or the ladies that just aren't cutting it, right? You always have to circle through and really identify and keep those that are going to be longstanding producers for your company.
1: Yeah. I mean, certainly we always look at the people in your organization and, you know, the lower 20%. Okay. We want to replace with fresh talent, talent that we believe can rise the tide of everyone else, rise the performance of everyone else and and the company. So we're always looking to identify the right salesperson. As a matter of fact, you could argue that there's a requirement that remains open. We'll never not look at someone we believe can help build our business build our brand and grow the firm
0: yeah and every company that i know of and that all the clients that we work with they're always looking for new salespeople, and so are most of you that are listening to this podcast and so what we want to do is uh, shed light on the experiences out there, and we know that there are many. But the problem we face is that there's always the person that comes in and with the big promises, or there's all these funny experiences we have that end up in debacles. And let's talk about those. We always we can always talk about, hey, we hired the great person that came in first year, did a million in business. Second year, you know, they're just off to the race. No, listen, we,
1: <laughs> uh, how hard. Would it be to talk about all the A players that we hire? Yeah, right. Yeah, they're they're far and fewer between. But we can all talk about sort of the people that came in and left the organization. And so the question is, or got is, booted, or got booted, right? Um, maybe not the way they had hoped. But you know, we're in the the business of of making money, right? Being profitable and you can't be profitable by continually hiring people that can't deliver on their commitments. Yeah, there are a number of
0: different ways that companies look to hire in people, uh, especially on the sales side. Sometimes it's, let's bring them up through recruiting, But we find that maybe they don't have the skills for that. They're more of a on the phone, in the email, building those relationships. And being a salesperson these days is uh, very different than what it used to be. And so, you know, when we think about bringing those people in, we look at certain traits or characteristics or experiences that may be required and could set them up for success. And so, when we think about that, there's, you know, maybe grabbing somebody from another firm you know there's usually a non compete associated with that so there's always that you know one year 18 months or something that's going to be required for them to sit on the sidelines until they can produce there's the person that comes in with the big rolodex or at least they
1: claim to have the big rolodex right Right. that I mean and and, and and sorry to interrupt you but that's that's what we see a lot of kevin i mean is that we get the people that come in and they tell you they know everybody Oh, I'm first connected with everybody. This person from that right. person. Uh, I'm connected with the CIO, the CTO. Oh, my dad's best friend. The is LinkedIn connector. The LinkedIn right. connector. Hey, that's an episode in itself, right there. For sure. I mean, I know that guy. I know that woman. Uh, we. Oh, we we went to a seminar together. Oh, we broke bread. I've heard it all. Okay. I always feel like the person that name drops the most is usually the person that knows the least. They're trying to dress to impress, right? Try to sell you on they know this person or that person. Well, can you deliver?
0: Yeah, right. So that leads us into uh, we're looking for the right individual. We bring them into the company, or at least we want to interview them. Why don't you talk through the process you go through and what it is that makes a potentially good salesperson, at least someone on paper that you would like to talk to?
1: Yeah, I mean, that's a great question because I'll tell you, we have done it at least 100 times, maybe 200 times. we probably interviewed over 20 years, 200 people to come and do sales at my firm.
0: And you've hired how many of those? Would you I say? would
1: say less than less than 10% for sure. For sure. And of the 10%, probably only half of those provided meaningful contributions to the firm. Again, we're hiring new business development people, salespeople that are new business developers. Right. They're out hunting, they're opening up doors, they're providing you new
0: opportunities for contracts. And, uh, you know, Tony, that is, I think, the number one most difficult thing for companies in this space to be successful at. Well,
1: yeah, because most people in sales usually turn into be account managers, managing a relationship, a relationship that was handed to them. They have the contracts, they have roles, and then they just have to be nice. And they have to sort of do the things that are a normal business professional should be expected to do, which is
0: be organized. Right. And so when we looked at, when we look at the statistics of size of firms, that are under I think it's ten million in revenue, it makes up eighty five percent of the market. And so
1: And so the question, well I'm sorry to interrupt you, but why is that? Why is there so many firms that are at or below ten million dollars? Because well,
0: so that's another episode in itself, but that's the the mark where companies have a hard time getting past that threshold of business where it's there's a there's a barrier of growth. And it's easy to be a 10 or $15 million business, but it's very difficult to be a 25 to $50 million business. But where I was going with this is that when you're a firm that size, you either have maybe a couple of good relationships, and then the rest is really new development. So when you bring in a salesperson, it's almost a requirement that that person has to be a business development person, a hunter, not a farmer, not come in and Say, I can manage uh, racks that come in and make sure they're filled and take people out to lunch. These are people that need to come in and sell and open doors and drive new revenue.
1: Yeah, and the reason that they're so hard to find is because of what you said, that most of those accounts that are clients that are $10 million, that's a result of the business owner and their relationships. Right. Yeah. And you're probably, yeah, you're right. That's a good point. I'm a business owner and, and I have a great deal of relationships. The great deal of our accounts are from the business owners of our firm.
0: So you've got a good group of accounts that have been maybe legacy accounts or things that the partners or the owners have brought in. And now it's really time to diversify your client base to build the business because maybe you've exhausted the opportunities or the potential business that you've got from those key anchor accounts. And when we look at hiring new people, they have to come in with the ability to,
1: to open the doors. Right? Yeah, open yeah. the door, exactly. And so
0: of this 10%, so moving to the 10% that you've, let's say you've brought in or you've interviewed, tell me about those. What, what is it that you find when you truly vet the person out what are they, now we're not going to get into the traits and characteristics, but what what are you looking for exactly that would help say, all right, let, let's let's bring this person in. Let's give this person a shot. Is it their compensation plans? Is it their potential for new accounts? I mean, what?
1: I, you know, Kev, I, I really, when I'm looking at someone's profile, someone that I want to bring in or someone that we do bring in, typically they... Have some characteristics that that align with uh, my brother, my partner, and myself.
0: So you're talking like uh, cultural alignment or yeah, something. Yeah, that... they
1: might be athletic. They might have shown that they played in college sports. They might have because shown...
0: you guys are athletic.
1: Uh, I'm athletic. I, okay. I can't speak for my brother, but uh, I am <laughs> athletic. But all kidding aside, I do believe that being a athlete, a trait, competitiveness helps it talks to someone's willingness and their effort level. They're used to practicing, so they're used to going out and repeating a process that if they don't, they'll fall behind and somebody else will take their spot. Similar to from sales as, as when you're competing for a position on a team, that is very important, is to always practice, you know, pra- we, always, we always preach, practice makes perfect, right? so perfect practice makes perfect yes some correct other, that, some that, that's some other saying out that's there like actually that. the better line don't confuse well it's similar to like don't confuse activity with accomplishment if you're doing the wrong thing every time well then you know you're just beating your head over the drum beating yourself over the head with a drum yeah you'll figure that one i'll out. figure that one out sorry about that no so anyway we look for someone's pedigree where they've worked in their past Often has a great deal about uh, great deal of credibility where they can work in the future.
0: And so, do you hire from the industry? I mean, ideally, is that, yeah. is that really the best place to look? Because let's think about it. There are the people that are doing really well in a firm, and typically they won't want to leave because they've got a revenue base. You know, they've already worked really hard to get where they're at, and they don't want to have to start over, unless there's some scenario where. They don't get along with somebody, or they want to move up. But not only, you know, not all of the best salespeople are cut to be managers, and so maybe that's not the right progression.
1: Yeah. By the way, I'm I'm a prime example of that. Yeah. How's that? I am not the best manager. I know it's a different topic, but yeah. uh, While I may be a very strong business development person, I don't necessarily believe I'm the best at managing a great deal of people. Now, I have no problem sort of sharing and collaborating with my colleagues, and hopefully they learn from what I do and what I say and how I say it, but yes, I I actually agree with you. The best sales people are not necessarily the best sales managers or managers.
0: And we find that tearing those people out of other businesses is a very difficult task, and they come with a high price because they're going to want a bridge, and they're want a, a bigger base. And so if they're coming with a big book of business, getting those people is just a really difficult task. Then there's the people that maybe uh, left another firm or are unemployed. And typically it's for a reason. There's not a lot of good salespeople just sitting
1: around looking for jobs. Yeah, it's so, funny that you say that though, because everybody that's out of a job, they typically have a reason why they're out of a job. Oh, it was the, it was the client. It was the my boss. It's it, always somebody else's fault. It's always fault. somebody else's fault. Always, right. always, But always, they're always. great, great sales. They're the best. Yeah. They're the best. Didn't you know they would be bringing in millions of dollars in revenue had they had the right uh, material, marketing material, if they got more support, if they had better recruiting. It, it's always somebody else's fault. Uh, so the, we want to know what the characteristics? I look for accountability. <laughs> let's, let's call it what it is. I want someone who's going to be accountable. I was raised in business with the idea that you should be the sole reason why you're a success or a failure. I want that same attitude in all my salespeople. I want them to hold themselves accountable, meaning the harder they work, the better they should do. And if they're not producing, they're not producing because they're doing something wrong, and then hopefully there are people here in my organization that can help them or steer them in the right way but I can't teach somebody work ethic, okay? That's either inside of them or it's not.
0: Yeah, no, that's a good point. So you have work ethic and you have uh, that competitive drive and the background that really showcases the behaviors that provide them the avenue for success. And when you start vetting these people out, and you talk to them about expectations. So let's think about this. You get them to the point where, hey, you know, I think I like this person, they're pretty good, and then you set the expectations. Yeah. Is that a part of your process? Do you it's say, 100% okay, okay, my process. So talk like, to me about that.
1: Yeah, so last week we brought somebody in to interview, new business development person. And I sat across, I listened to them for a half hour, talked to me about their qualities and their traits and what they've done. And so I simply asked them a simple question, and that was, what can you conservatively estimate your revenue that you can generate for a 12-month period?
0: And do they just throw numbers out based on, or do you, like, work through a, do they pull together a spreadsheet, or, I mean, what, what is their... Well,
1: I, I, I listen to their conversation. They tell me how they built three million million three three years ago, and $3 million the year before, and $2 million last year, and this year started off really slow, but we're at $1.5 million. So I simply use what they have been telling me as a barometer. And usually the question goes simply like this. I said, you know, person A... You've told me now that you've been generating approximately $2 million in business over the last three years. Now I realize coming to a new organization, new marketing material, new way of doing business, but same, same sort of field and same sort of uh, skill sets. What can you conservatively tell me you can generate in terms of revenue in a 12-month period? Undoubtedly, they all say the same thing. They all say, and yeah, what's that? They all say, like, oh, for sure, for sure, I can bill at least a million and a half dollars. At least that's bare minimum. Okay, so so then what I would say in return is, okay, so you're telling me you've billed three million, you build two million, but conservatively for sure, you know, you could bill a million and a half.
0: And this is all new business development.
1: New, all new business
0: development. Right. This so, isn't coming in. Give me three accounts, I'll do three million. Right, and do you set that expectation up
1: front? Yes. Yeah, so, so what I say is, okay. So, if you tell me one and a half million, if I ask you, can you deliver half of that in the same time period? So, seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars.
0: You're basically saying. Well, you told me a million and a half. So, can you conservatively conservatively do seven hundred fifty thousand? Yeah. Obviously Well, the answer to that is obviously yes.
1: Obviously, yes. And they can't. They How can't, can't. can
0: you say no? They can't. Who's gonna say, hey, I can do one point five, and then you ask them, can you do half of that? No, sorry, Tony, I can't right. do half. So they I can only
1: do 1.5. Right. They're 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 jumping off the diving board. Oh yeah, I can I can do seven fifty all day. That's a layup. Layup. Seven
0: fifty is. I mean, that's a no
1: brainer. That's a seven footer, Duncan. That you know that that, that that's a no doubter. <laughs> that's a no doubter. Okay, and so. Sure enough, we'll, they'll, we'll have a great interview, we'll like the person, we'll, then they'll leave, we'll all sit and talk as a management group about the interview, and they'll, we'll, we'll talk about their strengths and their weaknesses, and they say, you know, we'll get to the numbers of, you know, let's assume that they fit salary-wise and compensation-wise, but let, they'll get to the numbers and like, well, hey, you know, this person said they've been billing three and two million dollars, and we asked them to answer the question what they conservatively think they could bring in, they say one and a half, we lower that by half, and they say, no problem. So what do you think happens? What do you think we do? They come in, they produce.
0: Maybe it takes three months, maybe it takes six, maybe it takes a year, but they ride off into the sunset, hopefully. They become a long-term producer. Well,
1: you see trajectory. You sort of see that runway. You sort of see the evidence early on, and it sort of builds. Those are the two Bs. Those Those are people that that start off probably as C players. You see a runway towards B, and then they take off towards a
0: Or they may stay at B, and they're still right. good producers. Which is fine. Which right, is fine. Right. But, but you We're see not going to always look for the A players no, because no. everybody plays a purpose, even if they're a B and sometimes a C player.
1: Absolutely. You've got to have your role players.
0: All right. So we get to this point where we now have uh, a new salesperson on board. And one of three things happens either they're a success, like we just talked about, they end up being mediocre, and we can live with that. But then there's the failure. Yeah, there's plenty of those. I mean, what the margin of error in selecting good versus bad is very narrow, very. And so we have the failures, and that's a problem. That is a Devastating thing for any business.
1: Absolutely, yeah. I mean, if if you're in staffing, first of all, we've all felt this. Okay, we don't hire perfect. We're, we're not hundred uh, percent. Although
0: we are in the people business, we, we are still in the people business. Figure it out. It's, it's very difficult.
1: It, it, it's it is impossible. But we we keep trying, right? We keep trying because that's what you we do. You have to. We, right? What else do you do? So, for me. We've had, you know, I'll be the first one to admit it, we've had our failures. As I told you, we've interviewed, you know, probably 200 people yeah. Uh over the span of our existence, and very few have been successful.
0: And we're here to tell the truth. That's yeah. what we do, right? Yeah.
1: And so I've
0: got... A number of stories that I've seen, but why don't you start off, tell me one that you've seen. Okay. Well, this, this is supposed to be a funny show this is and we've be been funny so show. serious. So it's time to really break it out. Yeah. And now, I, I'm sure everyone listening can relate to some of these. So. Yeah. So
1: this is, this is, this is a classic. This is one of my all time favorites. We had a gentleman come and interview at my firm and he had a very impressive LinkedIn profile. He looked good. It was a good picture. He had a good pedigree. He had all the cost savings and all the revenue generation through new business development and had a track record of like seven or eight years. And we were, we, we couldn't wait to interview this guy. I mean, he really looked and spoke the part. Was he currently working at the time? Or? He was currently working. He was happy. Things were going well. Just As they always Right. Are. Just looking for that next and new opportunity. And so we brought him in. And boy, did he shine in the interview. I mean, I was like a hook, a fish on a hook. Had not only myself in the meeting, but my partner and also my brother. Okay. So there were three people interviewing this gentleman. And he said, hands everything. down, hands Everybody. down. I All
0: three of you guys are like, we got to have
1: this. Right. We're looking at each other with eyes wide open, literally kicking each other under the table like this guy is saying. is Literally, things are coming out of his mouth that I would say. And oh, well, if, if you said it, then right, it's right. got to be right. right. I, mean, I
0: mean, nothing's better than hiring someone just like yourself. Correct. Because correct. that's what we look for. That's what we
1: do. I mean, the truth is we do. We, we see – other people in ourselves uh and we want to do business with like-minded people so did, he,
0: did this guy wear the same kind of shoes you wear or? not the same shoes but he looked good yet because mon- tony's got great shoes yeah no he yeah. had a
1: monogram shirt with initials on the sleeve no kidding very impressive yeah uh, well then
0: you know if they wear monograms yeah sleeves, that was a, they got their shit together they had
1: their shit together okay for sure all right yeah can we say shit uh, we did we did yeah. we can yeah. Why? No, we can keep it real going forward we're gonna start saying shit we say shit now okay okay So we've hit the shit quota, and this guy leaves. Okay, we walk him out the door, and we'll say, we'll be in touch with you shortly. We just want to talk about it. And so he walks out. My brother and my partner and I, we sit down and we talk. And the first thing that comes out of my mouth is, this is is amazing. This guy is unbelievable. This guy, we need to hire him. I don't know what he's asking. I don't have that on me right now, but we need to make him an offer. And then reality sets in. I don't know what it was, but I said, you know, you know that adage if it's too good to be true, it usually is. Yeah, oh yeah. Well, well, this 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 what I'm about to tell you couldn't be more true. Kay? Please tell me. So here's what happens. We go to his LinkedIn file profile. And we see other staff members that work at his company. And I I say this sort of respectfully, but the profiles of the people that were working for him were of absolutely stunning, gorgeous women. Gorgeous. So these are people that work for him? Work for him.
0: And they're profiles of gorgeous women?
1: Gorgeous, stunning women that all went to top-notch universities and have <laughs> an unbelievable pedigree of work experience.
0: Well, he surrounds himself with very professional and very high-profile Very. People, right?
1: I mean, you, I wouldn't know why he would want to leave this organization. And work with you guys. And work with Molarian and Curly, so to speak, <laughs> right? Right. I mean, but okay, I'm willing to go with it. So then we decide, okay... Not only does he have a resume to die for, he's got all the staff that works for him or with him that are unbelievably stunning, right? Like it's a modeling agency. And oh, I used the word model. So we had a young associate that worked for us, and she was good at the computer in terms of searching. And she decides to take the photo of one of the ladies, and do a Google image And then upon doing that Google image, we realized that the woman in the photo is, in fact a Brazilian model. <laughs> so this guy so I think where you're going with this is that
0: he created additional profiles of yep. people yep that
1: were fake. interesting. So then we said, oh and wait, now wait, that's building a story." right Now wait, we thought well we thought that that wait. We thought maybe that was just one person. So we obviously go to the next person and sure enough, this person was a a model from Mexico. So now we had like a a Brazilian model, a Mexican model, and we knew now what was starting to unfold. Okay. We then decided to reach out to these individuals that Which were individuals. That all the models that worked for him. And as it turns out, they don't exist. They don't exist. Uh, We then decided to call him. And you said? We said, listen, you got to come clean. I don't know if things are off right now and you just thought that this would be a better way to sell yourself. But we know the people that work for you are not real. Was he working for a real company? I he mean, was not.
0: It was a fake named it company? Was a fake or what?
1: named company with okay. no clients, no nothing.
0: But is it so when you go out to LinkedIn there's usually like a company page. Yep. And, was there a company page? Company
1: page. And then all these people working together. All working together. Well, all fabricated. Website and all. All fabricated. I mean, I had never seen such an elaborate scheme. To try to get a job. Is that
0: all he was in for was, I need a job, so I'm going to create yeah, this fictitious environment? I wanted to become
1: a sales leader, a VP of sales. Mm, I wanted, okay. the, and he want, you know, he wanted a hundred and twenty-five dollars or $150,000 base. And by the way, we were inches away from giving it to him. Wow. So then I decided, okay, w- hold on a second. I have a responsibility here to more than just cyber search. Okay, this is a bad dude. And other people need to know. And I'm all for like competition. There's there's thousands of re- staffing firms out there. I'm friendly with some of the owners. And but even if I'm not, this gentleman cannot be hired. It cannot be hired by anybody.
0: I'm waiting. I'm really interested so, to see where this is going. So
1: I call up a few business owners that I know and that I respect. And one that I don't respect. But I figured I'm going to let them all know about this character. And sure enough, this guy had in fact interviewed with a few of the people that I reached out to. And did they...
0: Did they figure this out or were they onto this at all or they were didn't you the were you the detective here? And so last episode we talked about the Magnum PI thing and yeah. it yeah. It looks like in this case you did actually go Magnum
1: PI. I Anna. did. I went Magnum PI because I felt like I had a greater responsibility to The greater good the of greater humanity. Good, the greater good of who staffing humanity. Okay. They can't have this going on. This can't be perpetuated within the our environment. And so, I don't think my competition maybe were as hook, line, and sinker. They all believe that this guy had an incredible background and in story. None of them offered him the job for various reasons. But no, I, you were the one that figured it out. I figured out that the guy was completely bullshit. Yeah, I added the bull in front of the. the right, and they're bullshit.
0: probably like, holy shit
1: yes they are tony figured it out tony figured it out so that's that's by far by far and away the most egregious to be or not to be and this guy was not to be a sales person for cyber search
0: so you figured it out luckily luckily ahead of the curve ahead of the curve right you could have been in a spot where you hired this guy and then holy cow this you know now you find it out after the
1: fact and now you got to clean it up and then that's a bigger problem. Yeah, and, and frankly, the truth is we've, we've, we've hired people, okay, that uh, they obviously no longer work for the organization, but they, they interviewed well. They said the right things. We heard what we wanted to hear from them. They started with our company, and um, then they just didn't fulfill any of their expectations, Yeah. And
0: I hear that a lot. I used to do sales consulting back in early 2000s. And the one thing that always rang true to me was uh, you start interviewing people and they maybe want to leave another firm or they've had experience with a couple of firms and they have that one relationship maybe that gets them into a big account and they promise a hundred more requirements from this firm because they have that one relationship. But the problem is, as we talked, in smaller, mid- to small-sized staffing agencies, they have to be able to hunt past the one account. And it's, it's hard for owners and business leaders to turn down a potential large account entry or to have potentially an anchor account that they couldn't get into. Like one thing I remember was a Discover Card. Uh, Discover financial services way back in the day was always a difficult company to get into. Still is, right? Good company,
1: very difficult to penetrate. Uh, We went through the RFP process several times. It's just a very hard company to do business with.
0: Yeah, and they've got their relationships, and so you know, I I remember vividly talking to a guy saying, "I know I, I can get in there." And at this, at the time, I knew the person who was running the program, and I had done business with them before in the past. And but they say, "Oh, I can promise you to get into this account." And I'm like, well, okay, well, we get you in, we hire you, maybe you get into the account, it's all on a promise. They're gonna have to believe that not only are you gonna be the main person because you've got the relationship, but then you're gonna wanna work with the company that you're working for, that they're gonna wanna work with you. And so it becomes a very difficult decision for firms to say, okay, I'm willing to spend whatever, 100, 150 all in uh, on a salesperson that's gonna get me into that one big account and I can live with that, knowing that they're not going to continue and open up new accounts because they're just going to live on that one account.
1: Yeah, and that's great and dandy for that, that to have that one major account. Everybody that's in our business needs that one home run, right? But the home run is far and few between. So it's nice to promise that you're going to be able to bring in Discover, Walgreens, Motorola at the time, whomever. But what really separates new business developers, uh, development people, are those that can bring in accounts that are like singles. They get two or three recs a month, but it's consistent and they're fillable roles. And then they get a couple accounts that are like doubles and they get three or four or five recs a month so they're hitting for average they're so hitting three 325 sort of allows them to keep making money generating right. revenue getting commissions the, the, those that's the consistency that's what you need to have the 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 huge swings of having a, a a monster a home run account like the ones we mentioned are great but if that is your only account what happens and it's not about if but it's when that account takes a turn for the worse
0: or if uh, how long it takes to get into it right right so cuz it, it could take 16 18 20 months 2 years and how long for sure do you hang around as an owner paying a salary with the promise and it just you know you well, don't I, know
1: i have to answer after i have to answer that question all the time in at, at, after after every interview process how long is it going to take to break even. And what do you typically look
0: at there? So we we talked about and we have a, a firm belief you and I hire slow, Higher fire slow. fast. I do. Right? I, and so how do you balance the fire fast patience to get into an account, the promise, the hope? It's t- it's a very it's an art. tough, right? That's it's an
1: art. Tough. That's not you know that there's no science, frankly, and it's something that we as ownership debate all the time. Frankly, it comes down to watching and listening to that individual work.
0: Not, not th- like not like you have time to sit around and.
1: Yeah, and I don't mean I don't mean uh, over their shoulder, or listening in, but you got to have activity. Now I did say earlier, and I will continue to say throughout our podcast. Yeah, right. Don't confuse activity with accomplishment, right? That's a huge thing. So I hear a well,
0: conflict there. Yeah. So, right. you, so
1: what is that activity? That activity is, is working smart, okay? It's called planning your day out. It's called showing a level of... Say it, spit it out. You know, it's, it's showing a level of commitment to the, to the craft, you're gonna get told in our business no ninety eight percent of the time. Yeah. So yeah. I send out a hundred emails. Ninety-eight of them probably say no or frankly don't respond to me in a new develop new business development capacity. Okay. If somebody it's really easy for somebody in the first three months to get told no ninety-eight percent of the time. They can they can handle that. But yeah, right. but what and they'll keep going. But what happens by month six? Are they now sending twenty-five emails because they've been told no so many times, they're getting burned, they're getting exhausted, they're getting frustrated, they're not getting anywhere. Right. Are you
0: saying that six months is an okay time frame that runway?
1: I think six months really, really is the right approximate time frame. To when you know or not know if someone is cut out for our organization. Your organization. What about the
0: industry as a whole? For the listeners out there. Yeah, and and I don't want... I mean, everybody's got a different... Correct. Everyone has a different runway.
1: Everyone has a different sort of threshold tolerance for, for cyber search. For our firm, we believe that tolerance is about six months, give or take.
0: What have you found... You talk about some activity or the pursuit, the persistence, the ability to continue the chase. They haven't given up. They haven't They're not. The fear of failure hasn't set in. Correct. They just know it's a grind.
1: They know it's a grind. I know it's a grind. Listen, this is what I do. This is my responsibility at, at my firm. New business development. I know it's not easy. I know it doesn't happen overnight. But I also know what type of organization, what type of messaging, what sort of delivery that is necessary for one to be successful. Now, we all do it our own way, but you absolutely have to have that certain something that makes... So are you saying it's gut feel? Is there a gut check to this? There is a gut check to it. There's absolutely a gut check to it. You have to have that certain something that makes a buyer connect with you. This is about connection. Yep. The most important commodity in our business is the connection to people. Yeah, I get
0: it. And that's hard to do these days with the uh, you know c- getting on the phone call, call, cold calling people don't return calls anymore the it's like oh, nobody has a uh, desk phone anymore it's all about the cell phone you how do you Yeah, make I mean that listen connection?
1: in the 70s and the 80s people w- like me would p- would be forced to go to the corporate office and try to meet with that individual face to face and hope for a meeting hope for 5 minutes of for coffee today in 2019 and beyond, you're sending an email and hoping they respond, hoping they read it, frankly. Yeah, right. Does it go right to the delete? Right. Does it go to trash? Does
0: it even go past the corporate servers? Does it? Right. Yeah, you, they might not even
1: see it. They might not even see it. Okay, so then what's the next level that you could try to do? You can obviously use tools like LinkedIn. Right, and you could send them an in-mail. Oh, by the way, they're getting 600 in-mails a day from the other 2,000 or 10,000 recruiting and staffing firms that are out there, okay? Yeah. So why, why did I say the most important commodity that our firm needs and has is the people connection? Because that's exactly what separates a good salesperson from a bad one, okay? The ones that make it find a connection with their buyer. Yeah, which is a very difficult
0: thing to do these days. And Tony, this is all really great information, and we we have a clear understanding of what, or I can't say it's a clear understanding, but we, we know what it takes to, be successful in the industry. We see it. We know that this runway is about a six month time frame. Have you ever been in a spot where you get to that six months and, you know, like you, you mentioned in the earlier example, you got the guy before you hired him? What about the ones you've hired that maybe at six months you found out something after the fact or they didn't work? Is there any examples that you have? That you could talk to, you know, the failures and, and yeah. maybe some funny stories that, that you've come across yeah, that can know. help our listeners try to avoid?
1: Yeah, I, you know, next thing you know, a lot of people, the, 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 the salesperson might be taking longer cigarette breaks. Maybe they're taking 10 cigarette breaks and they're really not hammering the, the, the phones or the e- emails or, 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 or working on making connections with, with new people every day. They're not planning out their day. Sort, well, they're sort of disappearing. They're sort of disappearing is basically what I'm telling you. The cigarette breaks. That's yeah. A, that's a blast from the past. It is a know. blast from the past.
0: Is that even a thing these days? I don't know. I was uh, coming into your building here today. I didn't see anybody taking any cigarette breaks.
1: Well, you got to gotta smoke like 250 feet away from the building. So, uh, oh. but uh, no. I mean, but the, now the
0: vape. Well, what about this vaping the vape thing? Same can vape. they vape anywhere they or cannot,
1: no? They, they, they probably can have to vape. I don't know I'm not I'm not familiar with the vaping code, uh, <laughs> but I'm sure it is the same as the, the cigarette uh, code. But, you know, for, for the purposes of, of, you know, identifying when things are going wrong. I, I start to see sort of a lack of interest. They sort of failure has crept in and it's crept in at my organization several times. And I see people distance themselves make excuses, come up with cockamamie sort of reasons why they can or can't do something. They start taking more days off. They've lost that, I hate to say that, lost that love and feeling. That's a great song, but the the truth is that that they have. They've lost that love and feeling for the passion, the the dedication, the energy level that's needed to withstand the 98 no's that they're going to get in a given week. Yeah, and there's a lot of people that don't make that cut, right? Uh, most of them, most yeah, of them don't yeah. make the cut. Uh, I can live with a contributor that contributes uh, just a a reasonable amount to our business financially. If they're a good person, if they mean well, if their effort level is there, but they're just not they're not the Wayne Gretzky of of hockey, right? They're on the third line instead of the second or first line. And that's okay. We got to have individuals at each line. Okay. And that's okay. But the people that fail, actually, I will tell you here's one of the bigger failures that we've had. We had someone who came in who was on the third line, right? He got limited playing time, so to speak, based on his results. But then one day, the right account clicked for him. And he went from a C to a B, to an A. And he had roughly 20, 30 people billing with that one account that we talked about. But then that one account decided to change the way it uses its vendors. And that one account went from 20 people to 15 people to 10 to 5 to 0. And then what? Well, when that person saw that account go from 20 to 10... He should have been working harder at replacing maybe with three or four singles-type accounts or a couple of but doubles. But you just can't start that engine. Once you turn it off... Yeah, that's <laughs> a great
0: point. Yeah, you always got to be hunting. You always got to yeah, be hunting. That hunting list has got to be...
1: You can't stop because it takes so yep. long. It's not where you can just... Stop for six weeks and pick it up. You got to keep it going. And, and then you have to follow up. And there's this, this, there's like this cycle of, 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 of following up and reaching out to new people and following up and then reaching out to new people so that you're always sort of revolving around because your time is not necessarily your buyer's time. Okay, when those two intersect, the buying and the selling, then, then of course, you're going to get a client. But rarely, and that's why 98% of the time you fail, do they intersect. You know, you can't just expect to call up someone at a company, and they have a need for you, and they want to use you right now and then. Okay, that's why building that connection is so important. And so what happens is these people that have these nice accounts, they'll lose their resources, they'll be billing less and less, and instead of, continuing on, taking advantage of having sort of that monster client while that monster client, you should be that's the time where you, you put the pedal to the metal and you look for more clients more clients to add right. on but yep. they go the opposite direction they go. They the, sit
0: on their laurels they sit
1: on their laurels, they, they go hey get,
0: I've got a revenue stream I'm going to stick with this, I'm, good. I'm making some money go. I don't need to keep working, yeah
1: it's the summer I'm going to the Cubs game, I'm going to go kick my kids Great America, I'm going to go on vacation for three days, I'm going to do this, that and the other thing, hey fine, great and, and I hope that account lasts forever. But what happens when it doesn't? What happens when things change? And so what happens is that person, those people, happen, it's happened many times. We, as much as we can tell them, don't do it, don't do it, they, they, they stop the, the new business development cycle. And, and they end up being a not-to-be. Because they,
0: they, they, they had a one hit. They, they get to the big leagues. No, you were about to say it. They become a one-hit wonder. Yeah. They hit, they hit the home run. They think, oh, shit, I got this made. I can hit home runs. Their average dips below 100, and bam, they're back in the minors.
1: Back in the minors. A- and they're never really heard from again. They, they sort of, you're the, they're like a boxer that can't take a punch. You know, uh, I've been doing this 20-some-odd years now, and I've taken my punches. And they've knocked me down. I take the, f- the eight count, I get it to my feet, and I punch back. And I keep fighting. And it takes that good fight to become that victor if you're just going to get punched and get knocked out then you're done i i think that the, it's really important that people set their expectations properly about sales about what it takes to be a salesman salesperson i want to be politically correct i know yeah, keeping yeah, it real that's right
0: this is a uh you know a, a podcast that uh, caters to everyone yes yeah, sir certain, certainly right. certainly
1: all genders races yep. creeds religions whatever you want whatever you want whatever right. baseball affiliation team you have all oh, it's all good no yeah. so uh um if you're in if you're a business owner okay and i hope there's lots of business owners listening to this that's the idea yeah you're gonna make hiring mistakes you will you're probably doing it right now. Yeah, they, there's yeah, there's somebody team, in right? your office Every, right now. You're
0: like, one third of your team right now. Yeah, you're
1: has got to go. Correct. You're thinking to myself, oh my god, what did, who did I hire and why? Right, and so, but that can't stop you. Okay, you you cannot be stopped by making a poor hiring decision. The only thing that can stop you, frankly, is allowing that poor hiring decision to continue. Yeah, you have the power. To change your organization, do it. Hire slow. Hire slow. Fire fast. Fire fast. To be or to not to be. That's the question. That's the question. And the answer is if you hire well, great. When you hire poorly, you cut, got them, you loose. cut them loose. It's yeah. to your benefit and that individual. You're doing that individual no favors by keeping him or her around if him or her are not producing. Yeah. Well, that, that's good. That's good advice. And I know that we've got
0: a few other podcasts coming up, one of which talks to the sales traits of the individuals. But before we wrap this one up, I want to talk about a few funny stories we've had. You talked about one that you caught this guy in this fake organization. Uh, I actually had an experience, and this is actually a sad one. We had, uh, so I was doing the sales consulting uh, role. And our job was to hire salespeople into our clients. And we hired this one guy. Everything, same thing. This was kind of a little bit before. LinkedIn was there, but it wasn't like widespread. We get this guy in. He's working. He actually has signed contracts. The, The company received contracts that were signed by individuals. And they started getting requirements. And they started presenting candidates to this company. And then things just weren't happening. It was it was like this, uh, you know. I, the candidates weren't good enough. They kept getting turned down, and this went on for probably nine months. Found out that this guy was forging contracts by legitimate companies because the owner of the business decided to call the company and ask for this person and say, "Hey, what's going on? We've presented all these client, these candidates, all the stuff," and. The guy's like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Oh my god! Needless really? to say, yeah. Needless to say, this guy actually they filed uh, a police report and they found him and uh, put him in jail. This guy spent like six or nine months. Good, and, but, but you don't you don't check. You know he checks out on
1: the front end. So you saying? Wait, hold on a second. Are you telling me like he said his client was let's say Coca-Cola?
0: Yeah, some company. Not, maybe not Coca-Cola. Okay, but, but yeah. some company. Yes, company right.
1: Co- and they had Letterhead that said, co- everything. Letterhead A, Company A, and yep. he just faked the names and faked everything. and
0: A real-life person in the business. And just making up jobs.
1: And then they, they are, his, he had his recruiting team working on fake jobs. Correct. And they were sending him over, and they're just like, I'm sorry, these candidates aren't good enough. So you weren't making any deals because because they were just poor candidates. But in, actual, in actuality, the whole thing was a mirage.
0: Mirage. That's <laughs> it. <laughs>
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That is a tremendous. uh, That that's tremendous. Yeah. So people go to great lengths, won't they? Oh, it's crazy.
0: I mean, it's the deception in this business at times. Even we talked about that in the whole bait and switch. You know, the deception runs rampant.
1: And wait, uh, can can we just talk about this for a second? Sure. I I, I know deception. Okay, deception. your parents, right? They they raised you, and 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 what what age did they teach you about deception?
0: Uh, I'm not sure they really taught me. Right? Yeah, when, it's not like th- they just say, "Hey, Kevin, we're gonna we're gonna teach you about deception." Yeah, this when, is what deception. Yeah, looks when like. did,
1: when did when did the lesson come about lying? When when did that lesson come on by your parents? Did they, how, how often did they teach you to lie?
0: Um, well, they didn't really.
1: And and so you know. I don't know what it's like in everybody else's house, but I was raised, you go to school, you be a good person, you tell the truth. Like, what, who, what, why do people lie, deceive, purposely try to hurt other people for whose benefit does it help? That person was not making yeah. any they were they were pulling
0: a base salary and trying to make some commission, but they you know, they obviously were trying to prolong this it just blows web of me, lies.
1: I know, but it just blows me away that the lies, deception can run rampant, okay, amongst our industry. We talked about this last week in the bait and switch. Yeah, I, you know, it's it's funny that it comes full circle like that. We've I, you know, we put two episodes out, and, I, you know, there's all this deception. Yeah, d- d- I, I'm seeing some sort of commonality between our first two episodes, which is at the heart of it, uh, being a good person, a decent, kind, reasonable, truthful individual is really important. Now, is that because... There are far and fewer between. God, I'd like to hope not.
0: Yeah, um, that's a great question. No, I think you know most people.
1: I think are good people. Yeah, me too. I mean, like I'm, I'm, right. I'm not. I'm not Debbie Downer. I'm not. Pe- I'm not like you know Peggy, pessimistic here. Okay, I live my life under the impression that people are genuinely good. But if we part of this podcast is keeping it real and what our real experiences are. There's a lot of deceit and negativity and, and fact-checking that we have to do in our, in our professional life. And I just wonder, and it puzzles me, that out of all the sort of topics that we could just choose to talk about, both of them come down to the simple fact that sort of being kind, being truthful, being righteousness— being helpful and supportive; those are some of the characteristics that relate to both topics. I think we've pretty much
0: beaten this topic up a little bit. We know that, you know, it's a to be or not to be, the new salesperson. We just don't know. It's a crapshoot at times. We do our best to try to bring in the right person, but we've we've got great stories to tell why things don't work. Unfortunately, it ends up being a very costly endeavor a time loss a egg on your face there's so many things that could happen and you just got to do your best
1: do your best and it's okay to make a mistake
0: yeah and unfortunately it's probably more times than not okay until next time you are listening to staffing and recruiting the real life i'm kevin o'brien i'm tony sherwood and we'll catch you next time